Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Joe Fortunato. You have returned to us after a uh, two-week hiatus where we didn't really have all that much to talk about. Some work things came up, and uh, we ended up just running into a couple of snags. So I appreciate you all coming back in. I know we promised to have uh, some form of podcasts up throughout the summer. So we are here. As always, this podcast is sponsored by Loot Crate, as in LootCrate.com slash BlueShirtBanter, where you can go and sign up for Loot Crate, and you'll be happy, and we'll be happy, and Mike will send you a hug back in the mail so that you get two good things in the mail. You get Loot Crate back in the mail, and then you get Mike's hug in the mail. I'm not totally sure how that's going to work out yet, but... Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be. Uh, this is a little bit of a shorter show. We're scheduled for 30 minutes. Not totally sure if we're going to go too much past that. Beth Macklin will not be joining us, or maybe she will later, but she had something to do with her daughter. So uh, it's just me and Mike running the ship today. Speaking of, how are you, Mr. Murphy? Uh, well, we know that Beth is a dirty liar, but I do She's know a filthy that Luke liar. doesn't lie. So no. there's, a, there's a good thing. Loot Crate has never once lied. It just sits there and waits for you to subscribe to it. Maybe so, you have to lie to me. Beth, Beth has lied to me. She also spelled camaraderie wrong today. At LootCrate.com slash BlueShirtBanter. <laughs> yes, Beth made her, her first spelling error on the website, which was spectacular because uh, normally she's the one who's yelling at me behind the scenes about how much of an idiot I am when I'm writing. And uh, for Michael to, Mike to, to grab her on one of those moments was a, a good one. Um, yes, there's sometimes those moments, like like a big goal or maybe a playoff win, it's kind of up there. Uh, not that the Rangers saw many of those this year, but here we oh, go. Um, we do have some good news, and good news is that Pavel Buchnevich is finally, officially, a member of the New York Rangers. He signed his three-year entry-level contract with the New York Rangers this past week. He signed it, I think, on Friday. Um, it's a three-year deal, your standard deal. There's a little bit of a clause in it that we're going to talk about in a minute. But up front, Mike, how much of a sigh of a relief is it for you that Buchnevich officially came over? Well, I think it's it's obviously a, a big relief, especially because you know this past this past season we saw yet another offloading of prospects and picks, and uh, you know Buchnevich is one of those names we've been talking about for what must be, you know, since we drafted him, that the Rangers got something special to hear that he's finally signed and someone with real offensive potential, uh, no offense to the yes for fast of the world um, is, you know, going to be in the picture next season is a big deal. Even with that, uh, the aforementioned um, escape clause that you mentioned. Yes. The, uh, We'll we'll get to that in a minute. I, I'm personally very happy to see him come over. I, I think in my heart of hearts, I knew that it was going to happen. It was just sometimes bad news sort of pours in. And let's be honest, things have not been going that great in Rangers Town the past few weeks. So you never know. Um, I think when Buznevich got traded to um, SKA, which is one of the bigger clubs in Russia in the KHL uh, as a whole, it definitely made some people nervous because they're basically the Yankees of uh, the KHL. They have a ton of money. They're one of the few teams that does not have those monetary issues that you've seen some teams in the KHL run through. And there was a lot of talk about them making a big pitch to keep Buchnevich 
in Russia. Obviously, he did not do that, and he alluded to the fact that he signed the one-year extension last summer, uh, knowing that he was going to come to the NHL this year, which is exactly what happened. For Rangers fans, I don't think you could be any more excited. You'd be hard-pressed to find more touted prospects who have come through the Rangers system. I'm sure some of that has to do with this golden age of social media where you get information and you get highlights and Alex is out there throwing gifts around every couple of seconds of a player who's playing in a country you've probably never been to before. So that definitely has something to do with it, but you are talking about an elite talent who had very, very, very good seasons as an underage player in the KHL, uh, broke some records, I believe, and had a really solid group of years. And one of the exciting things about Buchnevich that you don't normally get with a prospect is at 21 years old, he's very young. And usually those guys need some time to season or be polished. He's playing in the second best hockey league in the world. And he was playing with men for the past three years. So for him, you're going to see a more polished prospect. You're going to see a guy who is, I think, a little bit more sound in terms of the fundamentals. He has a lethal shot, uh, an underrated vision. I mean, this is a guy who has game-breaking talent. And uh, I can't think of a prospect since Chris Kreider that really came up with this much fanfare. But the big difference is that Buchnevich has gotten that experience overseas professionally and it's something that he's going to take with him here now mike and i were talking about this before that's not to say that i think people's expectations of him are going to be ridiculously high but um you need to keep things in check at some point i don't think buchnevich is going to come in and and be a 40 goal scorer i don't even think he's going to be a 30 goal scorer his first couple of years here uh it's an enormous transition to come to he speaks almost no english so that's just another thing along with the lifestyle and the culture changes that goes on. It's a lot. Uh, Mike, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, even though I promised you I wasn't going to. Uh, what kind of impact do you think we can expect out of Buchnevich's first year on Broadway? I think a lot of that comes down to where he's used in the lineup and how he's used by Vigneault, who you know, we're fully expecting to be the guy behind the bench chewing gum next season. Um, you know, I there's we always anticipate some sort of roster shakeup every off season, but I think that there's a, a a bigger feeling of that coming this time around. And you know, there's with Buchnevich, it's interesting because you know he'd be really a waste in anything, but really the you know a top six role or being put on a third line that has serious offensive upside, you know, perhaps with a, with a Kevin Hayes or someone like that. And, you know, you could also debate that Hayes is wasted in that kind of role too. So um, the point you brought up about, you know, his, his lack of uh, ability to speak English or his very limited uh, English speaking abilities is something that has had a uh, Rangers Twitter kind of going crazy, uh, creating shopping lists of uh, UFA Russian players to, add to the fold. I mean, I've, I've seen everyone from Alex Semen to Radulov to, you know, Orlov. I've seen all sorts of players uh, put on the wish list uh, just to have, you know, an on ice and on the bench translator that can also help uh, maybe change the way the Rangers look. I think it's, it's, you know, uh, don't mean to spoil the, the silly article I'm working on, but my summer survival guide, one of the, the main points I'm making is, 
we shouldn't too much pressure on, you know, this, this kid, because let's not forget, this is a kid um, to make a huge impact uh, right away on under a head coach that doesn't really have a great track record of developing young talent. So especially talent with offensive upside, like, like the sort of prospect that he is. And the comment that Mike made in this clause that we've alluded to a couple of times, uh, Buchnevich was granted an AHL out clause. So if he is at any point in time sent to the AHL, he is free to explore and leave, basically void his contract and go back overseas. Um, the Rangers would still retain his rights under such a situation, but they would lose him to whatever contract he signed, pr- presumably back in Russia. So this kind of plays a, a dual role for the Rangers when you think about it, because a big reason why Buchnevich did not come over last year was because he did not want to get yanked up and down in the AHL and the NHL. And to his credit, the KHL is a better league than the AHL is. So there's definitely something to be had there, but that was a sticking point for him. We can debate forever. And we have debated a little bit as to whether or not the Rangers treatment of their young prospects played a role in Buchnevich's decision last year whether or not it's hurting the Rangers this year and in terms of all these college free agents. But obviously this was something that Buchnevich looked at and saw and he made the decision to have his agent negotiate this into the contract. I had never seen it before. Now, apparently there is a prospect that the Canucks signed this year. His name slips my mind that also got the clause and uh, Panarin from Chicago got it last year as well. That's not totally surprising since Farron's a little bit older, but um, I think it was a little surprising to see it on another contract. So maybe this is becoming something of a norm for the players that are coming over from Russia. But to back to the point that you talked about, Mike, because of this, there is really no transition period for Buchnevich in the NHL. On Broadway, he's going to be on the Rangers. He's going to make the team out of camp. He's going to be playing a lot for the Rangers. It basically takes a lot of the question marks out of it. And that's a really good thing, but it also means that you have a player that needs to be developed. And there are some players in Russia who are free agents who legitimately may want to come over. There's a couple of teammates of Buchnevich's. Uh, there's definitely some aspect in, of logic to that. So I'm not sure if the Rangers are going to go down that road. There's a couple of players that I've kind of picked out that I'm not going to spoil here. I have a story coming up on it. But they're players who certainly have garnered interest. Uh, Elliot Friedman in his 30 Thoughts column alluded to one of them, if you're so inclined to go read it. Uh, it sounds like everybody's involved. So there's definitely going to be a bidding war, and the Rangers, quite frankly, don't have the money to uh, to handle those types of situations unless they're – getting rid of Stahl and Girardi and kind of clearing out space that way. Maybe, I mean, you're talking about guys that are going to need a, a pretty, pretty good amount of money to come over. So some of the comp, the comparables from other teams, Toronto and the Islanders who have kind of pilfered players in the KHL, these guys can be expensive. So it's definitely a wait and see moment, but something to keep your eye on. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, the Rangers just got themselves a game breaker and it does sort of feel like a free agent signing because there was always that pit in your stomach that, my God, he might not come back. And going to SKA did not make things easy because they really wanted to keep him. And he elected to come back to New York. So 
I think the rumor is that he is going to be coming over to the North America in June, and then he'll sort of get himself acclimated before camp start up, and that's probably the best thing for him, but certainly an aspect of uh, his development and, and his transition that's going to everybody's going to have a keen eye to. And I think Kreider speaks fluent Russian, so it's not like there's no, it's not like there's a full language barrier, but he'd probably like to have a couple of those guys uh, in the room with him. Not sure. Radulov is one of them just because of uh, some of the off ice incidents, but you know, we can get into that debate later as well. We do have a caller. Should we take the caller? Should we take the caller? Why not? Okay, here we go. Three, one, five. You are on bantering the blue shirts. Who's this? Hey guys, this is Chris. How you doing? Uh, we're doing good, hey, Chris. Chris. How are you? Good. So, Interesting. uh, I, uh, yeah, I was going to say I've sort of waged a war against our, our good old friend uh, Jim, who has Blue Shirts Underground Radio, which, <laughs> which runs Wednesday at eight o'clock. Uh, a few people have mentioned. I know, man. I feel. Jim's, you feel like you're cheating. I, feel like I, I I'm get it, but Jim. I was there from the beginning. Jim and, and Eddie still owe me royalties, which I have not gotten. So this war that I am waging <laughs> on social media is definitely, it's, it's my like guerrilla tactic uh, attempt you go. to uh, you just go. break in. But I don't know how long you've been listening. I saw you on hold for a few minutes. We're in the middle of a yeah. discussion about Bucinevich. Do you want to jump in? And uh, Chris, by the way, for those of you who don't know, is one of the editors at Elite Sports New York for the New York Rangers. Um, they do a lot of good work over there, although he, uh, he and I disagree vehemently about Kevin Hayes. Uh, other than that, he's a pretty good guy. So you want to, uh, add anything to the Bucinevich yeah, conversation? Man. Yeah, it's all, all the Hayes stuff is all in good fun, but yeah, I think he, as you guys were saying, I think it's exciting, but it, I think it's going to be a year or two. I mean, um, like you said, the language barrier and especially coming to New York, I mean, we've seen with players who have even Rick Nash and players who are well-established in the league, how they've had a hard time. And uh, yeah, I think it's a big unknown. The language barrier is going to be huge. I mean, I don't even know how that works when they, you know, when they're trying to in between shifts and all that. So I think it's a big unknown. I'm not sure. uh, What do you guys think a year or two years before we see, what people think that we're going to see out of them? It's actually a good question because the time frame is sort of important. And with the AHL sure. out clause, that also becomes important because the Rangers are obviously going to keep him around for three years because they're not going to yep. let him leave for nothing. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I feel like Bucinevich is going to get slotted onto the third line probably from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I don't really see a way that that's not going to happen because – you're not going to put him on the fourth line. I doubt he gets bumped into the top six right away. I am a little curious if the Rangers wouldn't pair him with Kreider just because Kreider does speak Russian to kind of like you had mentioned, Chris, which is a good point. It's all well and good to stop a drill in practice or kind of ease things up in camp a little bit to ease that language barrier and make those explanations. But in the heat of the moment during an NHL game when maybe he misses an assignment sure. or he's confused on something, you need to be able to have those conversations. And look, there are a wealth of NHL players who speak Russian as their main language and really don't speak all that much English that are very successful sure. in the NHL, but they usually do have some type of a, a buffer. And maybe Kreider is that guy. And I'm not sure if the Rangers are totally comfortable kind of throwing him down to the third line. He was playing a lot of top six. 
I actually think if you throw Hayes in the middle of that line, I'd be pretty stoked to see that group as your third pairing uh, coming down the wings. But Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's it's a tricky thing because you know he's 21, and you know it's I think he unfairly gets compared to guys like Panarin and stuff who you know were a lot older when they jumped from the KHL to the NHL, and it's also this you know the track record Vino has of you know working with young guys. We don't we don't really get to see the best of young offensive talent under Vino. You know it takes a while. You know we saw. I think it's fair to say we saw a bit of regression from Hayes this year after, you know, looking so great last year. And, you know, you look at what we want Buchnevich to be is likely going to be very different from what he is for at least a year or so. Um, it's not just a language barrier. You know, there's the ice surface obstacle. There's new te- new teammates, new system, you know, a new, a new style of play. He's, you know, he's apparently six foot, but he's one of those guys who's, you know, just, skin and bone and, you know, lean muscle. He's a, a small guy who could get pushed around. And he also apparently has, you know, kind of a short fuse and has been known to take some silly penalties and stuff like that. So, you know, there's there's enough obstacles in the way for us to maybe not see what we'd like to see out of him for at least a season. And it's only troubling for me just because, you know, with New York comes – you know, when, when you do great in New York, everyone talks about it, but when you're mediocre or don't reach expectations, you know, you're you're ostracized in a hurry. It's a pretty rough, you know, it's a crucible of a place to play. And uh, I'd like to expect we'd, we'd see him, you know, just because of the sort of player he is. You know, he's a great skater. He's He has NHL size. You know, he, he's put up those great numbers in the KHL and everything, but, you know, trying to predict how long it'll take until we see what we'd like to see out of him is a, I don't know, it's kind of a dangerous game to play because you put a timeline on it and then if you don't reach that timeline, you get worried or if he gets gets to that point before you're expecting, you may be overhype and overvalue what he can be. Well, here's the other thing too, and it's unfortunately the the arena that these overseas prospects are playing in Panarin now becomes the bar that unfortunately is sort of the benchmark for these players when they come over. And something that I alluded to in in my story about the Rangers needing to be patient with Bushnevich is that Panarin is 24 years old. He spent parts of five seasons in the KHL. I mean, you're talking about, right. And he played with Kane and Taves and all that, that fun stuff. I mean, you player. Yeah. He, had 77 points in 80 games. You're talking about a guy who truly dominated the KHL. I mean, he was well over a point-per-game player his last year there. He was a point-per-game player in the playoffs. He dominated the world championship, the world that year. And then he came over to, and he's dominating the world right now, too. I mean, he's got 12 points in seven games. You're talking about a very talented player. But you're also talking about a guy who was established in the KHL, a guy who had a significant amount more time under his belt. And at 24, you're pretty much filled out. You are who you are. You figure your things out and you go from there. So there's a couple of different factors. The smaller ice surface is, I think, probably one of the, that you need to look at when you're dealing with these overseas prospects, because 
for an offense, if you have a defenseman who's playing in Russia and he's a great shutdown defenseman, the smaller ice surface is a very good thing for him because there's less mobility for the attackers to do something with. There's not as much room to go around. You can use the boards a little bit more. That's great. It works in the opposite for a forward, obviously, because they don't have as much room to work with. One of the things that should make you feel really good about Buchnevich is the fact that he's great in tight. You see a lot of his goals, they're in the dirty areas of the ice. He's able to do incredible things in close space. Those are the types of moves we're going to have to see come his time on Broadway. But to your point, there is a transition that has to be made. It's not just a new team. It's not just a new language. It's not just a new continent. It's a new system. It's a new coach. It's a new everything. So I think it does benefit the Rangers to have expectations that are high down the road. But if anyone thinks that Buchnevich is going to be a point-per-game player next year because Panarin was, it's just not the way that it goes. It's just not something that's going to happen because they're two completely different players. And to Mike's point, they're on two completely different teams. Chicago was one of the better teams in the league. Obviously, they fizzled out in the first round just like the Rangers did, but their firepower is ludicrous. You look up and down that lineup, and there's 100-point players, talent everywhere. I mean, Marion Hossa is one of their better defensive players. Sometimes it's not fair. The Rangers don't have as much of that, and they did not have as much of that this year. So unless Keith Yando sticks around and the Rangers make some smart moves, you know, who knows what it's going to be like. But that's more or less what you need to take into consideration there. Um, you know what You know what else, too, is uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I really don't like the clause in his contract about if, uh, say, he has a hard go of it, they can't just – well, they can send him down to the AHL, but he reserves the right to go back to the KHL. So, yeah, I mean, even look at Zuccarello. It took him some time. It took Kreider some some trips up and down, Miller as well. But, I mean, not being able to send him down. I mean, what if this guy doesn't do well, and then he goes down to the AHL, and he, he'll know nobody there. He won't have a crutch like Kreider or someone who speaks anything. And then maybe feels uncomfortable. He just says, "Hey, I'm going back to the KHL." I mean, that's a scenario that I would worry about personally. Mike and I actually we jumped into that right before you came on. But I would have to say I don't see him going to the KHL or the AHL at all ever for these three years. I, I the Rangers certainly wouldn't take that risk. Um, but I think the the one difference just in terms of the actual players that you're talking about. The seasoning that you'd want Buchnevich to get, where you would need him to get to as a player with seasoning in the AHL, you're going to have already from his time in the KHL. Because, again, he spent a good amount of time in the second-best professional hockey league in the world. Where the Rangers are going to have to deal with their bumps and lumps with Buchnevich is that he may struggle in the early goings in the NHL. and, And that's fine, and that's to be expected, but... This sort of forces Vigneault's hand in terms of letting him figure it out rather than sort of trying to make him figure it out at a lower level. And for some players, that works, and that's great. I don't anticipate the Rangers really needing those parts of the seasoning from him because I think he's gotten it overseas. But I've also been one to think that, I mean, I I was yelling about Miller going down to the AHL two years ago. I didn't love that Kreider went down to the AHL. I'm certainly... Uh, a little anti-AHL in certain instances. Uh, I definitely think that it's better for a player to figure it out in the NHL if they can, and I think sometimes those opportunities are not afforded. But 
Miller had a breakout year this year. Kreider is Chris Kreider. So obviously those things sure. do work. But I would be surprised if the Rangers at any point in time thought, even if he was struggling, that even taking that risk would be something worthwhile. But Mike, actually, that is an interesting point. Do you see, we've seen Vigneault sort of adjust on the fly with certain players, uh, some of the more offensive-minded prospects. Do you think there is a concern of, of Buchnevich being a little bit more uh, of a risk taker and a little bit more of uh, an offensive force and just seeing what kind of comes of it? I mean, are you worried about him making mistakes and Vigneault kind of pulling the reins back a little bit and then sort of pushes Buchnevich into a corner that he's not really comfortable with? Because that's my concern, especially with that AHL clause. Yeah, you know, it's. I think it's something that's on everyone's mind now with, you know, the the criticisms that have come out about Vigneault and even seeing things like the, uh, you know, the whole Jonathan, Joanne, you know, dramatic uh, unfolding throughout the season with, you know, what, what rights a, a talented player has when, you know, he's kind of being jerked around by the club and, you know, when he disagrees with where he should be with the club and things like that. So, I'm not surprised that we saw Buchnevich get this clause. Um, uh, like Chris, I'm not a big fan of seeing it at all just because it, you know, uh, I'd like every player to be able to work out any issues they have, you know, and develop in the NHL. But, you know, and, you know, if they're not playing well enough at even strength, we'll make sure to give them a sheltered role, you know, give them offensive zone starts, get them on the second power play unit do what you need to do to get them feeling confident about their game and et cetera, et cetera. But it's not always that easy. And it's unfortunately with Vigneault behind the bench, it's likely not the reality. I mean, I'm, I realize I'm probably coming off as a, you know, pretty outspoken Vigneault doubter and naysayer here, but you know, we don't, we haven't seen a lot of him doing a great job with young offensive, uh, offensively gifted talent. And that's something we should be concerned about when it comes to Buchnevich because, you know, it's the Rangers, you know, I'm one of the people who firmly believes that the Rangers got like incredibly lucky with how the Zuccarello situation panned out. And, you know, it's, it's a similar situation only because it was a player moving back and forth between Europe. It wasn't really, you know, didn't spend too much time in the AHL and everything. So, uh, I can see this going poorly in the worst case scenario to the point where he's just gone. But I, I would hope that the front office doesn't let Vino keep keep him on the short leash that we saw so many players on this past season, um, especially players that we wanted to be given, you know, as many you know do overs as necessary to fit in and you know make their carve out a role for themselves in the team. And with with things in mind like the language barrier and everything else, I think it's cause for concern. But uh, I'm still, for the most part, optimistic because, you know, like you wrote in your article, Joe, Buchnevich really represents hope and uh, a hope for the team developing a player that can, you know, be a game breaker and change things with a single shift of, you know, get in tight and find a goal when, when we need a goal. And we've seen... You know, we've seen such inconsistencies with the offense and some players that really need to to produce. So being able to develop a guy like him is a big deal. Well, the other thing that I think about a lot and my issues with 
Vigneault's track record of player development is pretty long, and you've all heard it enough that I don't really need to repeat it here. But in most cases, I think I would be totally against an AHL out clause. In this case, I'm actually pretty for it because I do think it will force Vigneault's hand one way or another to make sure that Buchnevich is giving an ample opportunity in New York, where I kind of would be concerned normally about some of the things that you said, the short leash and whatnot. Uh, oh, before I go on, this show was only 30 minutes. Um, we weren't sure how long we were going to go, so you're all going to get booted in about a minute and a half. You will have to listen to the overtime Tony style, as we call it, padding the numbers. Uh, LukeCrate.com slash BlueShirtBanter. You can find us at BlueShirtBanter.com and Mike at DigDeepBSB on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, find him on today's Slapshot where he writes about the National Women's Hockey League and Kessel Best, Amanda Kessel and the New York uh, Riveters. So, yeah, that's all good stuff. What'd I say? You said Kessel Best. Oh, Best Kessel. Oh, see that? This, maybe it's a good thing to sneak on for minutes. Um, so we're oh, so I would be shocked if the Rangers brass. I'm talking like yeah, I'm just moving right through it. I make so many mistakes in life that you just gotta slide right by. You you pull into the station you. and you're like, nah, we're getting out of here. See ya. Um, I think that uh, I would be shocked if Vigneault was not briefed by Jeff Gordon by Glenn Sather, by anyone in the brass who has any type of power whatsoever about making sure that this kid is given every opportunity to succeed in a lot of ways. By the way, we lost Chris somewhere back there. His, his phone died, I think. So thank you for calling in. Uh, that, was, that was good. Um, but I think that the Rangers are going to give Buchnevich a lot of opportunities that they did not maybe give other prospects up front. And that's a Vigneault thing. And it's because the Rangers have never had a prospect like this before. I argued in my story that Mike alluded to that he is probably the most important prospect the Rangers have had come up in recent memory. And the reason behind that is because the Rangers are at a crossroads right now. They are either at the very end of a golden age of hockey or they are at the very beginning of a rebranding that brings them to the promised land. And Buchnevich is at the forefront of that because he's cheap talent. So the Rangers need him to work. They don't have a choice. And this is not going to be for lack of talent, but there is a lot of hurdles that need to be jumped. And at the end of the day, how the Rangers handle this is going to say a lot about how they're moving forward as a team. And Jeff Gordon gets a lot of, uh, he gets a lot of passes in my book for this year. And the Eric Stahl trade, I think we all set our piece about that, but I'm really giving him the draft and free agency to fix these problems. And that's where my grading of him is really going to begin because I know he's up at night wondering what Joe Fortunato, managing editor of Blue Shirt Banter, thinks of uh, the general manager of the New York Rangers, Jeff Gordon. But, uh, you know, that's really where I'm going to come in with my, with my decision. And that's where I think Rangers fans need to be at as a whole because he inherited this mess and he tried to do everything he could to keep it together. But that was no easy feat. Now, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, and that is just sort of a, a rumor that came around today that with Buchnevich coming over, now it appears that the Rangers are trying to bring uh, Robin Kovacs over. Uh, Kovacs is a third-round pick uh, last year for the Rangers. He was a guy who I was worried was going to get traded for Stahl and ended up being Sorella, but Kovacs is probably one of the more exciting prospects the Rangers have had. It's one of the non-Buchnevich prospects. Uh, 
just a lethal goal scorer who's twice won the MVP of the Swedish AHL. Basically, it's it's not actually it's not their junior league. It's the Swedish Hockey League second tier. It works like soccer where there are tiers. So they went all the way to the final game of being promoted, and uh, they ended up not getting promoted. But it was just an, an unbelievable season for him. So there's a rumor he's coming over. The other thing that we were going to talk about that we can just mention very briefly was sort of this emergence of Nicholas Jensen, the guy that the Rangers acquired for Emerson Edom at this year, who has, I think, seven points in seven games for Denmark in the World Championship. Uh, a lot of people think that kind of slated for a bottom six role on the Rangers because he's having such a good World Championship. 25 points in 41 NHL games as a 23-year-old. You're not talking about someone who... Uh, who is setting the world on fire here, but you know, I mean, it's good to have that bottom depth. I'm not sure how good of a defensive player he is too, because you really want your best defensive players on the fourth line. Tanner glass aside, uh, since Bushnevich is probably all but locked up that third line winger spot, but yeah, that was sort of what we were going to run through. We did it without Beth, uh, not a ton to talk about, unfortunately. I mean, the one thing that we wanted to talk about, which is Bushnevich, we, uh, we got to do. So hopefully there's some more news breaking, at some point, uh, I do anticipate having a show next week, so long as there's something going on to talk about. Mike, is there anything you would like to add for the good people? Well, the only thing I can say is just imagine if Jensen speaks Russian. Could you imagine? I mean, he is a dual citizen, but it is it all come together real nice. Yeah, it's Canada, Denmark. I doubt there's. I don't think there's a the Russian second language of Canada is Russian, right? That's how that works. Uh, yeah, sure, definitely. I don't think it should it's be English loot crate. It's not, yeah, it's, uh, you're right. It should be loot crate, but not just any loot crate. It should be lootcrate.com/slash/blueshirtbanter. If you see what I did there, how good I am. I, I do. Yeah, this is this is what we like to call native advertising. <laughs> it's advertising that is woven fluidly into the conversation so that you are being advertised to. And you don't even know what's happening. Now, I've ruined that by telling you that strategy. But if you just forget the past five seconds, this is probably the best example of native advertising we've ever had. Uh, and that is LootCrate.com slash BlueShirtBanter. You should go sign up for it. And then every month, fun things will come to you in the mail. Literally every month, something fun will come for video games or comics or action figures, whatever it is. There's a Star Wars theme. There's a new theme every month. There is no reason for you to not right now Type lootcrate.com slash blue shirt banter and go sign up for something because that'll make us happy. Mike will give you a hug. You know, Mike mentioned uh, when we started this about a month ago, nobody likes getting mail. Mail is the worst thing in the world. It's bills all the time. You go out to your mailbox and you think of reasons not to light it on fire as you're walking to it. Well, imagine going to your mailbox and having loot crate in there. It would be spectacular. Probably one of the greatest. When I get the, the mail, there's sometimes spiders in the mailbox and horrible things. Imagine if you got random, awesome surprise pop culture video game magic instead. I like it. I, I think the box could actually like destroy the spiders too, which would be, I hate spiders. Spiders scare me. Uh, spiders scare me in ways that I could not even articulate here. Mike has already uh, Mike has already posted about my Kessel best error. Um, we could we we should have I'll at least mentioned I'm sure you mentioned it on Rink Around the Rosies or or whatnot but um, yeah 
Amanda Kessel, Phil Kessel's sister, is coming to the New York Riveters. Probably some of the most exciting news in New York hockey until uh, Bushnevich came around, but she is a destructive force offensively returned this year to the University of Minnesota after a brutal concussion that really took away a lot of her life. And she got it back, and the Riveters, who could use the help, let's be completely honest, um, you know, they have her now. And I think it's fair to say that she is one of, if not the best, women's hockey player on the planet right now. Mike, you're the uh, NWHL expert. What would you say to that? Um I think it's fair to say she's a very different sort of player than Hillary Knight, who's the other name that uh, most yeah, people... Yeah, that was the other one that I was thinking of. ...that most people uh, know of. But the reason she's different is because she's a player who's just down downright lethal on the rush. Um, in 2013, uh, was really her, her... The season she had before her injury, um, uh, 2012-13, she, in 38 games, she had 101 points in, you know, Division One women's college hockey. I mean, you don't need to have a lot of perspective to understand that's just a silly amount of production. And you know, she's one of you know the world's best female hockey players. And uh, Phil famously uh, calls her the the better sibling at hockey. So, um, and we all know how good Phil Kessel is. But um, it's a, it's very exciting because you know the contract she got was a record setting for the league. And uh, she's going to be a part of a very different-looking Riveters team. So we'll have to see what happens there. They just re-signed uh, Janine Weber, who was a player who kind of underperformed last season. But uh, she also had, you know, a 6.2 shooting percentage. And you couldn't really blame her for being on, you know, the worst possession team in the league and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun to see what this Riveters team looks like now. They have... 11 players signed and I uh, just have a couple, couple people to, you know, a couple more roster spots to figure out and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I definitely think that, uh, I think it's something that the Riveters desperately, desperately needed. Uh, they were not very good last year and uh, she, you know what? She adds a buzz. This is a league that, especially with the recent string of, uh, I don't know what to even call them leaks. I think, uh, this is yeah, scandals with the lawsuits and everything. Yeah. Scandal is probably a good word to use uh, that you could, you know, you need some good press. And Kessel is definitely that. Uh, Kessel also loves Loot Crate, I think. I probably can't speak to her legally. <laughs> Lootcrate.com slash Blue Shirt Answer. There's that native advertising again. Uh, Jim just texted me and was, uh, he, he's making fun of us about the half hour talk show. Someone was calling in and, like there was a huge question mark next to the phone number and I had no idea what that meant. So I left it alone. That was apparently Jim. Oh, so I, th- I think we've started some type of a turf war with uh, blue shirts underground radio. So yeah. It was unintentional. I, I was not aware. We only chose Wednesday because not... that was the only day that worked for everyone. Exactly. For Beth, we had to include Beth, even though she betrayed us violently. Uh, so yeah, us and Jim are like uh, two street cats just hissing and growling at each other as we, we circle the final piece of fish. Uh, I told you guys this was going to get silly as we went into the, the off season. And I'm not sure I really anticipated us to get this silly this quickly, but uh, here we are. And we're talking about turf wars and cats. So uh, yeah, that's probably where we can end this. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry for the short show, but there wasn't a ton of stuff to talk about. And uh, we just kind of wanted to just 
remind you guys that we were here and we existed after the two-week hiatus. We do plan on having a show again next week, just a matter of what it is we're going to talk about. Mike, anything you would like to add for the people? Uh, Beth is a dirty trader. That's all. She is. Not as much of a trader as Jim, though, who we now have to fight in this turf war. So we should probably uh, get By the way, you guys that. should listen to uh, to Jim's show. It's, it's, I wouldn't be a hockey writer without Jim. So I'd like to point Actually, out. you know, I have to say that, too. Uh, and it really does warm my heart that I'm going to text him and tell him we spoke about him. But he has to listen to the very end of the show to do it. Um, <laughs> he has to hold on but, to the end. He was the one who brought me in and gave me the keys to the castle, and uh, that's why you're all stuck with me. So, I, uh, yeah, I think I owe him quite a bit, probably one of my, my mentors in this, this blogging world, and him and I certainly don't talk as much as we used to, which is a sad thing, but he's good people. His show is good people. Eddie, uh, the mouth, is good people as well. That's a, a great show for sort of an alternative uh, New York Rangers type of talk. So that was apparently him calling in. We'll probably have to have him call in at some point just so that we can really finalize this blogger, well, this podcast war. But, yeah, com slash Blue Shirt Panther. If you take nothing away from this, that's what I need you to take away from it. Um, you can find me at BlueShirtPanther.com. You can find me at Twitter.com slash Blue Shirt Panther, Facebook.com slash Blue Shirt Panther. Just put slash Blue Shirt Panther at anything you go to in terms of social media, and you will find the website including Loot Crate. So you should do that. Uh, you can find Mike at Dig Deep BSB. I always forget the BSB, but that's where he is on Twitter. He is our Facebook editor. He is an editor on Blue Shirt Panther, and he is also an editor of uh, BlueShirtPanther.com slash Riveters. You can also read him at The Enemy, Today's Slapshot, uh, where they, uh, he does some great work for the National Women's Hockey League. You're picking a lot of fights today, Joe. I am. I really, uh, you know what? This is what happens. This is what it's turned into. And what it also warmed my heart. Totally looped you into these fights with people who are friends and employers. So, yeah, uh, you yeah. just went ahead and dragged me into a goddamn war. So that's right. wonderful. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it, actually. It's, it's already been done. Good stuff. Um, I think I covered everything, right? Is there anything you want to add? One more? We, uh, here's what I will add. I will add this. Um, Mike, every year, posts a Digger's Summer Survival Guide for hockey. And uh, he's going to do that again. And then we're going to turn that into a full podcast. It will be an entire show of you guys calling in and telling us some of the quirky things that you've done to uh, get through the off season. And it will be a good time. And it will take the silliness level that we've been alluding to probably to like a 10 or 11 on a scale of five. So it'll be a good time, uh, especially with Mike at the I'll helm. Tell, because Mike tell everyone is, that I write about hot dogs in it. There's a lot of talk about hot dogs. I haven't even read it yet. I look forward to it every year. I I say this all the time. It's very difficult for me to laugh when I'm reading. Mike's writing consistently makes me hysterical. Uh, So this is one of those things. And I I do remember an incident with a bear, (laughs) hibernating with the bears. Uh, I mean, you can go back through the years. They've been there. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know when that's going to be. Whenever Mike is going to post it, it'll obviously be one of the one of those spectacular moments, uh, one of those watershed moments of the website. But outside of that, yeah, thank great. you for no listening. Pressure. Good stuff. No, no pressure whatsoever. If it's not, you have the right to sign up for Loot Crate at lootcrate.com slash Blue Shirt Panther and then throw your things at Mike. I will allow that. How does that sound? Yeah, it's all good. That sounds great. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening. Sorry we sort of ran off the rails a little bit, but it was all good. Thank you for Chris uh, for calling in. He kind of helped 
break things up a little bit. And uh, Beth is a, Beth. Beth. Beth is a filthy trader who uh, yeah, you will see you will hear next week. I think after we've immediately forgiven her and, and cried because we we turned on her so quickly. We'll but display we'll, a lot we'll, of camaraderie when she returns. Yes. Oh, look at you! Clap, clap, clap. Uh, yeah, we should probably end it here before it gets any worse. Uh, sorry yeah, for this, I'm but goodbye, everyone. This is this is 14 minutes of the. Uh, <laughs> this is 14 minutes of the, the Tony-esque uh, padded overtime. So make sure you you give us those downloads, and we will talk to you next week. Joe and Mike out.